0: Hi, this is Linda Blair and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. Your mother sucks cocks and oh, hell cares, you faithless slime.
1: We're going to get into Wrong Turn 5, but first I got my uh, buddy, Eric Morse, a.k.a. William Patterson. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's a personality, I could tell you that, and he's going to be coming on here. He's the guy who wrote the Friday the 13th novels. I know all big Friday the 13th fans probably picked those up, uh, so we're going to talk to him. We're going to find out how do you get to, ch- to write those things, how, how much money do you make. He probably made a fortune. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know, but uh, he he wrote a couple other novels and uh, he does a podcast, things like that. But he's a funny guy, and I'm I know he has a lot of stories to tell. So he
2: has the equivalent of like the Biggie Tupac beefs with like everybody.
1: Yeah, he has <laughs> he beefs just, with a lot of. people. He's so crazy, dude. He's fucking the man. He's a hard luck story, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. so many bad things happen to this guy, and, like, horrible things happen to him while he was writing these things, and I heard about him, so that's why, you know, we want to have him on, and he wants to promote something, too, so we're going to get into all that kind of stuff, and there's probably so much, I'm sure we'll have him on future shows and things like that, so. Mm -hmm. All right, well, uh, we're going to... Be right back with uh, Eric Morse himself, and uh, stay tuned for the Wrong Turn Five review. That was 2012, late 2012, and Linda Blair. Yes, sir. Coming at you. So we'll be right back.
3: If the memory of Jason still haunts you, you're not alone. <laughs> Friday the 13th, part 5, a new beginning.
2: Severe trauma at age 12, brutal self-defense murder of a psychopathic killer. Boy, they've given him every therapy they can think of. It's wonder his mind isn't fried with all the drugs they've given him. (laughs)
3: The mindless, murderous fury that was buried with Jason has been reborn. And suddenly, terror has become child's play.
1: All right, we're back. It's the skeleton crew. Welcome. Jamie's gonna be on in a, in a couple uh, in a couple minutes. She's not here right now, but right. we got my good buddy sitting in on the show with us, uh, Eric Morse, A.K.A. William Patterson. Woo!
4: Welcome, Eric. Hey, Gordon scares everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I love that intro. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now this is one of the most interesting guys I've, I've ever met. I've, I, you know, Eric. Well, what would you like me to call you, William or Eric?
4: Um, either one. I'm I'm easy. How about like Eric? <laughs> 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 Merrick. Uh, if if you want, you can just call me Eric. That's fine because okay. that's that's what I'm known by.
1: Eric. All right. Now, me and you we we kind of like, you know, met up November 9th, 2005. Wow. It, it was on my uh, Crystal Lake After Dark Friday 13th message board that I made back then. And it's still going strong. Is it? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Still going. Yeah. Uh,
4: I'm still a member. I'm I'm right up there with the
1: top ranks. Yeah. <laughs> right. He posts his uh, podcast. He's been doing a podcast. How long have you been doing one? About, like, what, five years?
4: Actually, three and a half. Actually, no, four. F- actually, four years now.
1: Wow. And uh, it went through a big change. It was called the, uh, the Eric Morse Project.
4: It was the Eric Morse Show and uh i had a co-host named uh hank sullivan that was on the show Mm. then then of course after hank uh left under sucky circumstances
1: uh don't they all just
4: put it this way Mm. he he exploded on my show because an old friend of ours mr
1: greg russell titterington was on the show ah that would be a great piece of tape do you have that
4: uh, actually, yes, I do. I would love to drop that in here. But no, the thing is that he went off on Greg because Greg was talking about how in this movie that we did together, the uh, horror seasons, that he absolutely hated his costume in the movie for for the segment that I wrote. <laughs> and uh, the thing is that Hank went off on him and goes, well, that's because you're a fucking fag. Oh my
1: god! You wow. know, Dan, I wish I wish that we had exits that that easy. Yeah, a right. Costume. I wish a costume was our problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have. A, yeah, we have two months of fights. So yeah, right? he
4: went went <laughs> off on on Greg. Then he left. He walked off the show. Then he came back about half an
1: hour later
4: and insulted me and then walked off the show again. I
1: I need this tape. Yeah, dude, we need this back. You have to give this to me. I have to put oh, this in the Oh, no show.
4: problem. You're you're going to get it. I in the darkest secret the chapter of that, I had fun doing that cuz I got to go outside, you know, while the other people were doing their scenes to carve a pumpkin. You know. And cuz a pumpkin was used in it. Um I I hated the costume I wore though. It made me look very overweight. <laughs> and a turtleneck. Oh, that's and because
2: you're a fucking faggot.
3: What? Huh? What? The guy said I was a fucking faggot.
4: Oh. I don't I don't know what's what's going on with Hank. He's he's a little bit uh <laughs> he's a little bit off his game right now. Sorry okay. about that, Greg uh anyways yeah i understood i mean you know the whole the whole reason why i actually wrote in the um the whole uh, you know turtleneck thing was of course you know because of the ending of the story where you know he he reveals the fact that he's been uh hung which uh-huh. is you know that that was an important part to the yeah, right. I just didn't, I just didn't like the shirt I wore, um, and it looked like I had a bad hair day for that, but, um, yeah, I, I did enjoy, I, I had fun doing it, though.
0: Hank, or, Hank, are
4: you back? Hello, motherfucker, uh, I hope you'd choke on yourself, you fat fucking Greg Tudor and a fucking Negro bastard. Woo, Hank loves talk. Hello? God, you could out, he could,
3: he, this, Hank is... I got to tell you Hank is more controversial than Howard Stern. Yeah. I
4: don't know. I don't know who uh who that was. I don't know if it was Hank or, that was or Hank. Hank or what. That was Hank. I really don't know. I don't I don't think that was Hank.
2: That was only the first drama um experience that went down, right? Like right out the gate. It's crazy, man. It seems uh
1: Eric has the greatest stories, dude. Yeah, wait, <laughs> I know. <laughs> wait till you, you hear. Ahead. Dude, he writes novels. Wait till you hear what happened when he was writing one called The Traveler, A Conflict of Interest. And he has, like, uh, a crazy story. He, you know, what he's famous for is he writes Friday the 13th novels. Yes. Uh, Eric, could you give us the titles? You wrote four of them, right?
4: Uh, actually, I wrote five. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the last one that I wrote it's actually a PDF and it's free I I actually wrote that for the fans I spent seven years writing it and it's an epic Friday the 13th novel I think you know everyone will wanna, want to want a copy of this because it answers a lot of questions and it's unique because it puts all the Friday the 13 In the continuity, plus the television series.
1: Ooh, no shit, huh? He went all out.
2: I was going to say, did you ever explain why, because we've never talked about this, or did we, uh, during our retrospectives, Alex? I'm not sure, I can't remember. With, uh, what's up with his fucking fingernails, dude? Did you describe that? (laughs) Like, what, what the fuck was that? Eric,
1: please tell me you gave a backstory for the fucked up fingernails. With the black nails?
2: Yeah, like, what is that?
1: He was helping Alice hammer a gutter in, and he hit his nail.
4: It's 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 just it's just he has dirty fingernails. Okay, it's dirt okay. underneath the fingernails because I have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eric, pay
1: pay no attention to Dan. He's just
4: to answer your question. I wrote uh, Mother's Day, uh, Jason's Curse, uh, the Carnival, and Road Trip, and the final one. Is um, is the mask of Jason Voorhees?
1: That's the that's the one that ties it together. Yeah. Okay. Now, I saw a movie called Mother's Day. Is did they make a movie out of your novel?
4: Yeah, there's a there's a movie on YouTube. It's an adaptation done by uh, Corey Stevens.
1: Right. I actually got a screener of that, and I reviewed that. Now. Um, but that was, you know, five years ago.
4: And the thing is that in the film, I played the voice of Pamela Voorhees.
1: Oh, <laughs> really? Jesus.
4: Yes, Jason's my son. Oh, my <laughs> God.
1: Now, have has any, like, studio approached, like, actually, how do you get the right to do this? Why are you allowed to write novels about the character of Jason? Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying.
4: Oh, uh, well, the thing is that uh, my first books, uh, they were published through Berkeley Books, who yep. had an arrangement with New Line Cinema uh, during the time when, uh, you know, Jason Goes to Hell came out.
1: Right. Maybe you should have wrote that movie. I was actually <laughs> uh, hired
4: by Berkeley Books to do the novels. Now here's an interesting story involved with that,
1: yeah, this is where I want to get to. check this out, Dan okay.
4: oh my flipping god. I've heard about You're this gonna, <laughs> are going to fucking love this, oh Let's, my yeah. God, what do we got i got you know I signed the contract and stuff, and I'm thinking oh god i you know i i I don't have to you know I just have to do one novel a year to uh you know, and over the next four years, I'll be getting uh, I'll be getting paychecks and stuff, and I'll, you know, it'll be great. Yeah. No. So, two months into writing Mother's Day, I my mother comes to me with the contract and she goes, "Do you realize uh, what you've signed here?" And I go, "What?" What was it like three? No, she. Uh, no, the thing is that I had to write all four novels in one year. four four in a year (laughs) have them edited have them completely edited and ready for
1: printing (laughs) in one fucking year wow now Eric how long does it normally take to write one novel
4: you know if a uh, writer is competent
1: six to seven months okay now that's a competent writer how about you no i'm just kidding <laughs> hey come on you set yourself up with that one my
4: novel is uh 365 pages in length and it took me seven years wow of course that was because of the fact that i was also
1: working right yes yeah, so you had to work eight hours and then come home and do that
4: work 8 hours do that and uh, I got I got a bad case of writer's block and I couldn't write for 1 year wow that was because a Morris Basher came on and just ripped the <laughs> a, a new asshole and it just it 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 just really affected me why did these people
2: come after you, dude? I don't get it. Like you got like you're always fending off some type of fucking internet troll or some sort of other demon or whatever.
4: I don't know. I mean I <laughs> love me. I mean it's just it's it's fucking amazing. I mean, in regard to uh the novels, I mean shoot, I I was working on On those novels, I was working like sixteen to eighteen hours a day, seven days a week on them.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, how'd you have time to masturbate?
4: I didn't have time to do shit <laughs> i mean I, I had to eat while i while I was working on the books, I was going nuts. Wow, yeah, you know, I mean stuck in my room with a with a word processor
1: typing. Now, did they assume you had a staff that was, like, helping you, or did, like, why would they, um...
4: I have no idea. All I know is that I fucking hated the editor. I wanted to (laughs) fucking rip this bitch apart. (laughs) I mean, seriously. I did, I, I would do a novel, I'd get it done, I'd send it out to her. She would fucking send it back to me with red pen marks all over it change this change this take this out take this out right and usually what they she had me take out was the references to the movies
1: really The killings wait really what wow huh that's odd now okay so you were hired to do four novels you had to write them all in one year (laughs) jesus what can i ask you what you were you were paid for that
4: uh my contract was for ten thousand dollars. Really? See, I don't feel like that's enough. No dude, not before. No, I mean at the time, I mean I didn't you know, honestly right. I thought it was I thought it was ten thousand dollars a novel, but right. then, <laughs> yeah. but then I found out uh it was ten thousand dollars altogether. Now here's the funny part. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny as shit. <laughs> Okay. They put in a little clause.
1: Holy in- Christ.
4: If the books didn't make a certain amount of sales during their first run. No. I was only going to get my initial uh payment,
3: which was 1500
4: bucks. <laughs> what
3: the
1: fuck? P- Please tell me you ended up with 10,000. Nope. Dude. Oh my God! That also, is robbery. They
4: promised me book signings, and they promised me conventions, and I didn't get shit. They didn't advertise the fucking novels at all. Wow! They put them in the you know young adult fic thing. Didn't even mention them to the fucking uh, fans. So obviously, <laughs> I was I didn't get my money. It just amazed me.
2: Usually that's the process though, right? With the editors, they send it back and say, hey, listen, you got to, you know, usually um, for some reason I remember in some movie, you know, (laughs) that's where I get everything from the movies, but with red tabs on it, like say it was a script, okay, you got red tabs on this page, that page, but if they took out all the references to the movies, now I'm assuming that's what they did in the final product, correct? Like they took it all out.
1: Like, isn't isn't that the draw of it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's that's, that's
4: what amazed me. Expand. It was like it was like, <clears throat> what you fucking hired me because I knew Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> and then you're fucking taking out the references. It was it was nuts. Wow.
1: Now you had a t- to top it off, you had a you know seventeen hours a day for for a year. If you typed it with one hand because. Something's wrong with one of your hands because uh Oh. How, yeah, what, what's yeah, that about? yeah.
4: I, I suffer from uh physohedrine poisoning. What the
1: fuck is that? Were you, like eating lead paint or something?
4: It was uh <laughs> well the thing is that I had an operation and I got a staph infection. Oh so shit. So I had yeah. an open wound and they had this chemical that they that they put in the baths. Right.
2: And right. And
4: when my mother came home to you know, when I came home to have my mom take care of me, I'd have to take two of these baths a day with this chemical Uh It's known now as physoderm.
2: Okay. Sounds familiar.
4: But.
1: Yeah, I take it every morning.
4: They pour, they <laughs> pour that into the bath and they didn't know that it caused, uh, you know, damage to the brain and stuff.
1: Oh, no. Do you have brain damage? Is that why you're on this show? <laughs> Funny. But, that's how we got. Um, that's how co- we got it here.
4: educational problems. Uh, I have I have trouble doing even basic mathematics.
1: You and me both. All right, Eric. Nine times nine.
4: Uh, sorry. <laughs> I I'm good. I'm good at calculators. Let's put it that way.
1: You <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> six times six. <laughs> I don't even know that Alan. 36. Oh, nice.
4: But what I'm what I'm saying is uh it also affected my coordination. If I'm trying to coordinate my hands, I have to think at, you know, about what hand I'm using.
2: Right. Really? Right.
4: Gotcha. So I can't coordinate my hands. Huh. That's good. Wow. It's a hell of a thing when I was learning to
1: drive. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> no, your other left. Your other left. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Well, hey, uh, you overcame a. You know, it didn't stop you, I guess.
4: No, no. Uh, the thing was that I graduated high school with honors, and I had uh, uh, two scholarships. I went to college. Wow. Four years. Four years of college. I studied uh, business and uh, filmmaking.
1: Wow.
2: I went to college, too, but it was just to go visit my buddies and party and drink, <laughs> uh, which is probably why I'm at the Skeleton Crew.
1: <laughs>
4: That's yeah.
1: how we get here. Hamburg University. It was actually at
4: the college that I came up with my sci-fi novel. It was called The Traveler. I, it actually took me 20 years to finish The Traveler.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> why, now, why would it take you 20 years? What? What... What, there was something going wrong?
4: I don't know if it was the devil, whatever <laughs> What the fuck was going on, but I ended up having to write that novel about four or five times because every time I got to a certain point, something would happen, and I'd lose
1: all my copies. Oh, really? Like wow. Okay, give me an example. What would happen the first time?
4: When I started out the... Uh, Book, I I was stupid enough that my first uh, computer was a Canon Cat work processor. Oh God, good lord. Yeah. So the thing is, I had <laughs> that's what happened. The novel. I had the uh, outline done. I had the novel done. I was only I was only about four chapters away to, from finishing it. Oh. Oh my God! What? And my nephew Orion came to visit, and there's a tweaky thing about Canon cat work processors.
1: If you throw them in a bathtub, they stop working.
4: If you have it turned on and you have a file, you know, a file cartridge on there. If you unplug the damn thing, it erases the entire thing.
2: Is that what Orion did? Yeah. <laughs> Orion <laughs> seems like he needs the belt.
1: Dude, I feel for you, man. Now, so you said you rewrote this four times in 20 years? So <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> how much how much money did you make for 20 years of work?
4: <laughs> so what I did is I self-published it. Uh, there you go. Cafe Press. Oh,
2: right.
4: nice. So it's available through Cafe Press. Uh, for twenty bucks, a soft cover. Soft cover.
1: Now, so so you don't make money unless you sell it, of course.
4: Yeah, I don't make money unless I sell it, and no, I make about two dollars
1: each copy. So wait, I don't understand. If you're self-publishing it, for every twenty dollars you get two, who gets the other eighteen? Cafe Press. Fucking bricks, dude. What? It's not even worth it, dude.
4: I know, but at least I get it out there. True. Very true. You know,
2: and, and that's fucked up, though, man. $2. God. Wow. I don't even know what to say to
4: that.
1: That's so crazy.
4: It's like well, it's well, a, when, when you actually think about uh, regular publishing, uh, right. the author gets very little of the money.
1: Yeah. Well, but at least, though, yeah, that, that's true. Like, for example, let's just say your Friday the 13th sold 30,000 copies. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. At least you got ten thousand out of it. He gets the money off the bat, regardless. Now he has to get two dollars each time. Like, I, I'd rather go with the the other the big name publishers. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, just but the, yeah, yeah, but
4: the problem is with big name publishers. First of all, they want an outline, and I don't have the outline, and I'm not going to go through that bullshit again. I already did the outline five times. <laughs> completely <laughs> I'm fed up with it I don't <laughs> look at the fucking thing
1: I, I gotta know what was one of the other reasons uh, it was destroyed like what how about the last or how about the most outrageous like what was the wackiest thing that made you rewrite it yet another time
4: well let me see uh, <laughs> after after my house caught fire Oh, oh Jesus God. Christ Whoa. Uh, my <laughs> word processor was saved but the people who were salvaging the place oh my wouldn't God. let me keep my word processor. I told them I need what? my word processor. I need my word processor. No. No, you can't because of the insurance so they boxed up my stuff What? Oh my God. and fucking kept my word processor from me for a year and a half when I finally got it the word processor was damaged. <laughs>
1: of course Holy it was. Holy Christ. Wow, dude.
4: And it was one of those ones that you couldn't transfer the the files.
1: Right. Hey, listen, you're not going to be bad luck on our show, are you? Or is our show going to be destroyed?
4: No, but I think you're going to get a lot of hate mail.
1: Oh, God, come on. no!
4: How could they hate you? You wrote novels. Fr- so how do you... F- Which reminds me. Huh? Which reminds me on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is something that that really irks the shit
1: out of me. Oh, you heard all of our episodes?
4: No, because <laughs> the thing is that I mean, you you guys you guys have uh, you know you guys have seen my my books. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, before my books, were there any original uh, Friday the Thirteenth novels other than? the adaptations of the of the uh, screenplays.
2: Not that I know.
4: No, there yeah. wasn't. Yeah. And with no slasher franchise or that. Right. There wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Mine were mine mine were
1: the first. Wow. Like are these things big? Like do they sell a lot? Like even though you can't get paid. Now, how about this though? Do you know how many copies you sold? Like okay, for example, your first run didn't sell as many as they wanted to in a certain amount of time so you got screwed but since then cuz it's been years 10 15 years all right so do you know the the amount they've collectively sold since the you know since you released them
4: nope no
1: there's no record of it you can't get a record
4: nope because the thing is that after the first run they stopped they didn't do another run they didn't do any more books Really? So that first run, what was sold, are what's out there. You know, they did runs uh, um, in Japan.
1: Yeah, who cares about them? Runs in England. <laughs> well, how about this? Has any studio approached you and say, "We read your novel, and we'd like to turn it into a you know a movie"? Has anybody no. come to you? And if they did, or if they came to that uh, whoever that was that you did business with what was it Berkeley
4: uh Berkeley isn't even in business anymore
1: oh so you wouldn't get paid it would
4: be uh Penguin Penguin Putnam took over from them but they
2: were big though when they were out right like that's oh yeah yeah that's like right yeah like I remember that's the only time I used to really read as a child and that's what I used to see on a lot of the books yeah
1: I used to read encyclopedia brown books where you try to figure out these little mysteries that makes so
4: much but, sense um <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, the thing is that they'd have to go through uh, new line cinema and i wouldn't get i wouldn't get a paycheck. Wow. I was a hired writer oh. they are they weren't my original things they were a project that was given to me
1: right uh you know you're depressing me with this i can't take it no more. Welcome to Marathon.
0: May I help you? Yes. How may I help you?
1: You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass
3: smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat.
0: I really don't care for the way you're speaking to me. yeah i see your rental agreement
3: i threw it away
0: oh boy
3: oh boy
1: what
2: you're fucked
1: Okay, Wrong Turn 5, 2012. You know, Wrong Turn is a pretty respectable movie, right? They had three of them, and the sequels are questionable. And then they decided that, uh, I think the main inbred, with, you know, the white hair and that weird nose kind of thing going on. Right. I think he died somewhere along the way. And they basically wanted him to be their Jason, if you will. Right. Or they're Michael Myers or whatever. So they said, well, how can we do that? He's dead. So they decided to make part four a prequel. This part five picks up basically right after part four. Because there's even a uh, mention. uh, One of the guys in this movie is um, Doug Bradley, who plays Pinhead. And he said, um, you don't live in a hospital anymore. You're in the city now. You know, you can't make mistakes. Oh, that's right. Yes. So so this picks up after part four. Uh, this movie was straight to Blu-ray. <laughs> Big surprise. Um, <clears throat> see, now look. This movie started off with a, a, a sex scene. But remember the blonde-haired girl and then the guys come and scare them in the tent? Yes. Like, when you start off with a sex scene, dude, I think it's going to be a good movie. Like, this, okay, this is badass. They know. It's just all good and fun. Right. Uh, that would have actually been a good scene had it not been some dog, ugly bitch with a gigantic mole on her face. <laughs> but that's another story.
0: Is that the girl you said that could be my sister? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, good. <laughs> I got scared for a second.
1: <laughs> no, please. Yeah, so the acting of this movie oh, is... um Atrocious. It's bad. So bad. This, it's really like, really strange. Like, there are people starving, living in cars, being waitresses and waiters and bartenders who, well, I guess those are the people that would be cast for this movie. Okay. Oh. (laughs) I guess that's why they are bartenders and waitresses. Pretty much, (laughs) man. (laughs) Like, I guess any real actor would have been discovered at the right time. I don't know. I'm just kidding around anyway, but. No, yeah, these are bad. These actors don't know what they're doing. And, and it started off with that reporter in the very beginning, dude. Oh, God. Dude. When she's jogging in the middle of the woods, who jogs through trees in the woods? Like, normally, a normal human being would choose a path to jog through. Right. Or the road that wraps around the woods.
2: Yeah. And she just dismisses it like it's no thing, too. Like, <laughs> like when the guy comes up. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. She's like, uh, get away from me, kid. And she just starts walking or something like that. And it's like, what are you, crazy? Like, yeah. It's clearly somebody with a knife out to harm you.
1: Yeah, and she's like, oh, go away. You don't scare me. And But the, I just think it's bizarre. She's literally jogging in the center of the woods. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the most bizarre part of this. But it does start off very cool because, um, because they cut uh, her hand off and it's laying on the floor. And then – it says wrong turn, and then her hand opens up, and it says five, and her fingers... That was really cool. Yeah.
2: I-, I wanted to talk about that, though, real quick, because uh, if you think wrong turn, you think the slasher you know, genre and stuff like that, but this one I found more to be like a little bit more uh, gratuitous. Like, there's a scene where they're beating this guy's legs to death, like just over and over. Like, it's less um crazy kills and more shit like that, like more torture stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it seems like they're they're veering away from the, the typical slasher killing people in cool ways, which there is some of that too. I mean, it's <laughs> it's wrong turn five. I'm just saying. Like, it seems like they're they're doing more of that. The other the other kind of thing too. So that's uh, you know that's just something I noticed, but um. But yeah, dude, it it was kinda ruthless throughout this whole movie, so uh that's just one thing. It, but the thing about Doug Bradley, you know, he okay, he's a star. He's a normal guy
1: in this, right? Yeah, he's like he's like the Drayton Sawyer yes. of, of the movie, you know? Like and those guys are the uh, you know, the crazy family. Yeah, and dude, on, and on top of that, it's
2: like, all right, yeah, he runs the crew and stuff like that. But you know, <laughs> this whole movie is just kind of ass backwards, dude. It's like, all right, first of all, it doesn't even take place in the in the woods by any means. It's not a backwards flick anymore. It's it, it, it takes place half of it takes place or ninety percent of it rather takes place in a fucking police station in a precinct. You know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This movie reeked of low budget. Oh God! Like. There's just, you know, it's not that a story happens to take place here or there or in this house or whatever. I mean, it's clearly because they have no money. Um, and it it's weird because um, there's even a scene. Oh, here. Let's get to the, the premise is that there's a big, um, there's a, what would you, a festival, a town festival. Yep. There's supposed to be like, I don't know, a couple hundred people in the town. Dude, what, what exactly happened to make the town completely shut down and empty? Like, the power went out? So, you're telling me that when the power goes out, they shut festivals down and <laughs> right. everybody goes home?
2: Supposedly, dude. And that's another thing. I, <laughs> they don't just... Uh, Alright, well, so... You know the premise is the guy gets arrested, Doug Bradley, and his and the brothers come in to get him at the pre, at the police station. Yeah. But before they do that, instead of just no, we're not going to cut the power at the police station, they go to the power plant. Like they <laughs> they go to they go to some big fucking power plant, and, and then some guy sees them and and comes up and hey, what are you doing? Gets two feet from them, realizes and oh shit, him up. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly, yeah, and like talking about that gratuitous type of shit too. But uh, yeah, it's just so far fetched. It's like, why didn't you just cut the power to the fucking police station? Like, it was just ridiculous to me. But yeah,
1: yeah, just, uh, no, yeah it's all weird. They they knocked down the tower for the cell phones. Like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Like, I guess it's like, uh, you know, oh, Bowie. They're you know they're trapped now, and you start feeling helpless if you're invested in the characters. Okay, let's. Do you want to talk about the positives and negatives? Some of the kills, or like what the f moments, like. Okay. Where would you want to go first?
2: Uh, are there any positives? I mean, let's let's go... Yeah,
1: well, dude, the, the brown-haired girl was smoking hot. Oh,
2: the sheriff? No. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, good lord. Yeah, the chick at the end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, she was smoke show.
1: And this movie has, like, uh, three sex scenes in it?
2: Yes. So yeah.
1: That's good? We we're talking about
2: Texas Chainsaw having a lack of it, and, you know, it, it, it fit it well, and, uh a lot of tits fit the, these movies very well like that's what it is now you know
1: yeah what do you think about that whole scene dude where he's like why do you keep knocking on my door get the fuck you're in the wrong place man get lost take your friend with you like dude that's just bad that's bad writing and bad acting yeah oh
2: my god dude yeah and, yeah like t- two of the different guys came up too like it's not even that guy was being a douchebag it's stupid it's the whole setup of them coming to the door and just knocking on the door. It's like, what do you... And they just took the backwoods guys. Like you said, you know how you said they were trapped and stuff? Well, they were trapped in the middle of a fucking town. It's not like they were in a desolate area. <laughs> and that's another thing you're talking about, <laughs> about low-budget shit, dude. Like, me, me and Alex were talking briefly about this movie earlier. And one thing that we both noticed is if you look at the town itself total fucking the, the worst hollywood set i've ever seen in my life dude it's sounds it looks like a cardboard cutout town it's it's actually pretty funny it just, and the
1: fact that no one's there makes it more apparent it looks like a comic book Right. Like, exactly remember how batman the old tv show how it lost all of its money and the budget was real low by the 3rd season and their sets were like just fake walls like put up around batman robin and they were ev- never in any real buildings anymore Like, that's what this reminded me of, like, shitty crap props, like, just really bad, really bad, like, bringing us there. And I don't know, man, I think there's something really bizarre about every single person being gone, then all of a sudden there's, like, three random kids that throw paint balloons at people, like... Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. Like, what are they doing there? Like, (laughs) nobody else is there, just you kids to pull off that one scene? Like, we needed that? Like, what was the point of that? Nothing even came of it. Yeah. But but what I was thinking of with uh, the guy who's banging the chick with the brown hair dude in the hotel. Isn't it amazing, like, how your life could turn on a dime? Like, one minute, your your penis is balls deep into, like, one of the hottest chicks in in that whole, you know, group. And then, like, 30 minutes later, he's, like, uh, a sniveling piece of shit getting his legs bashed in while he's tied to a truck. Right. isn't it? like and, th- and then, dude, the funniest scene of the movie when he gets hit by the truck. Oh, dude, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, you have to see how hilarious it looks when this guy gets hit by a truck. It
2: really yeah. is a bad movie <laughs> overall.
0: I have to see this brown-haired chick you keep talking about. My God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is not the hottest thing, but w- when you're looking at, like, just that group for so long, right. I don't know. I wouldn't throw her out of bed.
2: <laughs> the acting is all over the place, though, in this movie, too. Like, it, nobody can act in this shit. And, uh, it, it's just one of those movies, man. It's
1: it's such a part
2: five of the series, dude.
1: Yeah. They're just clearly having fun with it at that point.
2: Right. Well, dude, I mean, half of the budget of this movie probably went to fucking Doug Bradley's salary, dude,
1: you know? I do, and I know. So. But, uh. Okay, what about some what the F moments? Like, how about when the, when the hot brown hair chick. <laughs> <laughs> is okay. arguing with the sheriff and the sheriff's and the sheriff is like, look, the festival will be over soon my deputies will be back just wait a little bit longer like, the festival will be over soon. <laughs> Have you looked out the fucking window, honey? <laughs> there is not a single person in that entire town. What are you? What festival is going on that you're waiting to end? Yeah, right,
2: dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. There's dude. There's tons of shit that. Oh man, I I wish I could remember half of it. One one in particular <laughs> is she finally um gets the generator going and to turn the radio on to to uh, you know oh the stoner sometimes yeah and she finds this fucking ridiculous asshole dude on the other line which doesn't ever go anywhere they could have paid it off with something you know he could have at least said definitively no you know i'm not right happy. yeah or if he did do you know you maybe you wouldn't find out if he did call somebody or whatever but you know the cops would come in and there would be a scene that you know kicks back to that nothing though and it's like what the fuck was that scene even for that besides you know comic relief of a stoner stoner kid you know
1: yeah, so that's what it was. Dude, how about how about even before that when she's going in to get the generator, she takes her gun and smashes the entire window of the door to get into the store, which is basically the size of the entire door, <laughs> right, and then yeah. she just reaches in and unlocks the door and opens it. Yeah. <laughs> you could have walked right through. Walked, the thing is yeah. five feet tall opening and three feet wide. Like, that was – I, I hate uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, dude, what about the one chick – then Another what the F moment, the smoking hot chick who goes up to the cop and, and says she wants to get backstage and she'll do anything to get backstage and she gets in the back of the truck with the cop? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, is this for real? Yeah,
2: right, dude. Yeah, it was just, yeah. Was all...
1: What was the point of that, though?
2: I don't know. I, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it went to a sex scene, didn't it?
1: Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I guess there was a point to it. I mean, I, if that, yeah. I don't know, man. Like the whole plot of this, like the kids, you know, the kid gets locked up in jail and the rest of them just sit around in their hotel room doing nothing. Right. Like that's a, that's what you wrote. Right. I don't, I don't get that.
2: It's weird, man, with this movie, dude, because uh, I, I think it just falls flat, dude. First one awesome love the first one. Second one i feel like the second one nailed it as far as fucking camp and stuff you know i mean it was it was perfect and uh you know even the you know uh, third and fourth one too i guess this one just falls flat on so many different levels dude you know and like i said half of it goes to doug bradley dude the other half goes to fucking hair and makeup for the two
1: Oh, dude, the hair and makeup was horrible. You know?
2: And it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's just... It's a piece of shit movie, I must say. You know? And you could tell people were just there for the paycheck. You know? This might be one of those movies like we said before. I'm sure they had a fucking blast on set, dude. Like, you know, it might have been a fun thing for just them. But uh, for mass viewing quality, it's just not there, dude. Well,
1: I'll tell you, dude... Because you know how I always look at the clock eventually at at the 50 minute mark i i still found this to be like a subpar yet mildly enjoyable movie like there were a lot of scenes where i'm i'm getting lost here and then the, i don't know this movie is really disjointed in in the sense that it's good and, and not good right, and right. it holds me and it loses me. Yes, but it does it just enough, dude, to keep me in. and really? I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah, like I'm not so sure. I could say I was invested in any of the characters, like uh, the uh, sheriff girl, right? Who who looks like Jamie, sort of. Like I don't, I'm not sure I was invested in her, but maybe I was invested in Doug Bradley, or maybe I was invested in the situation, or maybe the kills were good enough. It just kept bringing me back. Like, I I can't write this off as a total piece of shit, but like we said, it's so unprofessional, it's so low-budget, it's so this, so that, that, no, no, it's not good. Yeah, you right. You can't say it's good, you know? But the kills, dude, let's get to the kills, because that was all they had going for it. What about the, the blonde chick with that shit on her face? The guy rams a knife in her bread basket and starts tearing out all her intestines and feeding it to her, dude, while she's st- standing up. Yeah,
2: that was fucking ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah. He, and, like, how long until she keels over? I mean, Jesus Christ. This guy cut you open. He's feeding you your guts, and you're still standing up and accepting it. Yeah,
2: exactly. Just, yeah, over the top, dude.
1: How about the kid, um... Buried up to his neck in the dirt, and then the other one was chained to. I, our... I
2: actually do like that one.
1: <laughs> that was cool. The hillbilly started driving a like a tractor slicer or whatever. I was, uh, I it was weird. I put myself in that kid
2: situation with the uh, with the chain around him because you got one guy buried up to his neck and uh, one guy at the goalpost chained to the goalpost. You know, he's got like fifteen feet or whatever. Now, yeah. would you? Do you think if you threw that fucking chain in that it would eat it up and fucking pull you in? Or would it cut it? Because I was thinking at that point, I'd take the chain, throw it in the thing, try and cut it and, and break right. loose. Or it might do a Jason Friday the 13th fucking remake effect and pull you right in,
1: you know? I would, if I knew I was going to get it run over anyway, I right. would just throw, throw, you know. So you wouldn't have done
2: that? Okay, good. Because I was thinking, Yeah, am I. Try my luck. Yeah, well,
1: exactly. Like, I was thinking
2: if I was being really stupid in that situation. But yeah, okay.
1: Now, how would you rather have died? Would you rather be the kid buried up to his shoulders and have your head just get mauled by that thing, or would you rather have them grind you from your feet all the way to your head? Oh, <laughs>
2: I'm
1: just kidding. Those obvious questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, yeah. The atmosphere, I think, is is really lost with this movie. It, just, even even the lighting, like even if the town were to look. Even if you forgave that, the lighting of it, it didn't look like moonlight. It looked like a set light, yep. like a spotlight.
2: Horrible, horrible movie, I must say.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh... And then, dude, what, another what-the-f moment. So, this girl has a gun, and Doug Bradley turns around and cuts both of her eyes out. Yeah, what the fuck? Well, oh,
2: dude, yeah, and that, okay... Can we get into the end? I mean, because I got a big problem yeah. with the end, too. And, and that's basically how it starts right there. These, this is such a mean-spirited ending to a movie, dude. You know how we talked about Leatherface and he becomes the good guy or whatever? And, and, well, you wouldn't call him a good guy, per se, but, you know, like we were talking about it. This movie, it was almost a twisted version of that. Almost like the bad guys are going to win. And it's just a big fuck you at the end. It's just so mean-spirited, dude. Like, okay, what does he do? I forget what he even does to the sheriff. Oh, yeah, he fucking...
1: Oh, dude, what does he do to her? The most cruel thing in the world. Well, exactly. Well, what... Exactly, but... No, first first get to the her fiancé, because that's what really starts the ball rolling with her. He he ties up her fiancé in a truck, and as she opens the door, because he's tied up, the it pulls a string, which... Uh, takes this like uh, metal r- like uh, like a razor uh, hook and it, it runs right up his stomach into his chest and all his guts start falling out dude yeah. and it's all because of her and dude what is with the people in these movies stuffing the guts back into the body yeah
2: exactly <laughs> so
1: I don't think it's gonna like be okay now right <laughs> yeah. because you did that I think once you're exposed to air you have a lot of problems that are about to happen <laughs> yeah
2: dude you're fucked
1: yeah, I mean, stop stuffing the guts back into the bodies. Right. Please stop with that. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's really messed up. I mean, imagine that, you know, that's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like you were saying, to the sheriff, dude. Well, when he kills the, the guy, when he's buried up to his neck, right. that's weird because it's like, wow, I thought this was the main guy of the movie. Right! Yeah, exactly. and now he's just gonna die like the rest of them. Like that's weird. I've been following him through this whole thing, and right. it was supposedly like supposed to be an emotional investment at some point. Yep. And now he's just dead, like everybody else. He even not only is he another random statistic; he died with another character who was really like nothing.
2: Exactly, and then you go automatically to it's the sheriff chick that's gonna that's gonna be yeah the last the last person right. standing. And then he uh, he sets her up to what? Basically, he says. Alright, would you rather burn? And then he sets her up to where he has a shotgun to her head, taped to it or something like that.
1: Yeah, taped under her chin. And
2: tippy toes, and if she puts her feet down, then she's fucking Her heels down. Right? So what do they do? They fucking kill her. Boom. She fucking...
1: Boom. Fucking... Yeah, first she burns, then she blows her head. Yeah,
2: exactly, dude. And, 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 you know, that I didn't like. I was like, what the fuck? And I figured, all right, well, at the very least, maybe the chick with, because he gouges out that chick's eyes, like you said. Yeah,
1: so she's blind. Yeah,
2: so she's fucked. Like, she doesn't have any eyes. They just got fucking gouged out. And then at the end, you know, and then at one point he's like, I'm going to have sex with you and fucking so are my boys. And then, you know, and then later on, you know, at the very end,
1: he to get her in the truck. He grabs
2: her at the end, and you know they drive away in the fucking sunset. It's like really, dude. Like,
1: come on, man. It's really mean spirited because even the buildup to like when the when the sheriff's like, I just want to be there when they when they inject you and and you're dead. Right. Uh, I'm gonna, you know. She kept building up. Like every response she had was that she will win this thing. Yep. Yep. So it really – and he's just like laughing like keep telling yourself that and all this other stuff. And it's just so cruel that it's, in the end she's just another dead piece of shit. And they, Yeah, they and, didn't you know, even he
2: give did. her an end battle scene. They didn't even build up a, a fight or anything. They just killed her. Like fuck you. Yeah. And it's like, oh man. And see this thing where uh, this movie – yeah it was shit or whatever, but at least if it had a hokey tone to it or something like that, if you add in shit like that dude i I wonder what they were going for, like I'm sorry dude, who who makes this fucking movie and's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be fucking yeah, I know it's low budget, it's gonna suck, it's wrong turn five, but you know what I'm gonna do something good with this and then comes up with shit like that. it just uh it it doesn't infuriate me, but it it makes me scratch my head like, what the fuck are you guys doing?
1: it was like it was weird it was just like her whole thing was all for nothing right and that's where remember we talked about the texas chainsaw like i was glad that in part three they had one last jump scare and uh you know they still came out on top Yep. you know instead of like him doing something for real and killing them like right because they went through a lot to get to that point the sheriff we we, we lived with her through the whole movie for what I mean, the only cool part about it was, like, when you see the blood and her hair on the walls. Oh, yeah, it was cool. It was a cool effect. Yeah,
2: absolutely. But story-wise, it was just fuck, man. just. It was all for nothing. A swift kick in the nuts. That's what I call a movie like this. A swift kick in the fucking balls.
1: Yep. So, uh, that's about <laughs> it for this one. I mean, Jamie, I'm sure we'll watch it one day. Don't. <laughs> just don't even bother Jamie. Jamie, are you a fan of the Wrong Turn series?
0: Uh, I am of the first one. I really like the first one a lot. Yeah, um, first after, one's a But I will watch it eventually. Especially since I was just looking at pictures of the sheriff chicken, you know. I'll take that, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, she's cute. No, she's definitely cute, for <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, you look like her.
0: <laughs> I was to see if I was going to have to get mad at you or if I was going to be okay with that. But
1: Oh, no, know. no, it was a call. Yeah, you, you kind of look like her. <laughs> So uh Dan, how do you rate this one I, I know it's gonna be a tough one your credibility is on the line can you can, can you give it um a good bad rating you know like it's so bad it's good rating no
2: fuck dude I'm maybe a very no dude no there's 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 elements of that yeah there's like a, a scene here here and there which I do like but um dude this might no it has no no credibility as far as that's concerned. I give it probably lowest rating ever. Fucking... I give it a two. Wow. Just because they actually used a camera and uh, found found Doug Bradley and got actors. They get a two.
1: And they did mic everybody really well. They
2: mic'd everyone well. Everyone was very well mic'd up. Yep. Uh,
1: Yeah. (laughs) This... You see... I I had a soft spot for this series because... um, I watched part one when it came out, and and not really again, I don't think, since then. And then, one time, it was like a lazy weekend, I was at someone's house, it was a party, um, but a family party. So I went into the other room, and I was just, you know, bored to death, and I put on uh, like Spike TV or whatever, and they were marathoning like all the wrong turns. So I watched um, part two and three, like, I think back to back on the same day. And it was just like a, it was a fun escape for me. Like, um, I just got into it. I was just like, well, you know, I'm looking around, getting something to eat, grab a few beers, lay back on the couch, keep watching these movies. Yeah. And something about it just, it brought me to a good place. Yep. And I was like, yeah, these are pretty good. You know, it's, obviously they're not really real. Right. They're, they're you know, hokey stuff. but yeah, Slash. what yeah. Yeah, for what it is, uh, that's it's cool. I mean, where else, how seriously are you going to really take this for how long? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I um, bought them all on Blu ray, and I even bought part four without watching it on Blu ray yep. from a- Amazon. And I got them all shipped over. I watched them all again about a year later or so. And uh, four was okay, it was pretty good. Yeah, four's decent. Yeah. Yeah, really good payoff at the end. I don't want to give that away, but the land, uh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, good, great payoff at the end, actually. Somebody who was responsible for a lot of deaths got it. That's, I was happy about that. And um, so I actually, even after watching the trailer, I still bought this movie blind. Right. On Blu-ray, Part
4: 5.
1: Yeah. You know, man, I gotta say, I it's so stupid <laughs> and ridiculously dumb, but I just don't hate it. Yeah. I really don't. I don't know why. I don't recommend it. Yep. But I will probably watch it again and have a good laugh. Really?
2: Oh, shit. See, I just find this not a laughable film, you know? I found, like, part two. Ooh, isn't that the one with, like, the reality TV show? Henry yeah. Rollins, dude. To me, that's fucking fun, you know?
1: Um, this just isn't. I mean, like I said, it's got that recognizable face, Doug Bradley. He was good, though. I just love the people who are like, why would Doug Bradley be in a piece of shit like this? And I ask you, you insane people, have you seen the movies he was in? <laughs> yeah, right? Have you watched Hellraiser 5 through 8? <laughs> like, what are you looking at exactly? Because those were pieces of shit. Like, I'm sorry, I don't know what what standards you think he set in the past. Yeah. But there really are none. Nope. So... Don't go thinking he don't belong here. He belongs here.
2: Well, he yeah, he did it for the paycheck. I mean,
1: come on. Yeah. yeah. He didn't break precedent or anything. Yeah, right. I mean, he's, he's been in shit movies for a pretty long time. We're talking 20 years. Dude, I, I don't blame him. If fucking somebody wanted to pay me and be in shit movies, dude, I'd do it too. I loved how he called the ninth Hellraiser a piece of shit. Meanwhile, that's better than this. Is it? You saw it. We reviewed oh, that. that. Remember oh, that was that, the uh, uh,
2: what's it called? Uh, what's the with the, the name? kids
1: in Mexico? Yeah.
2: What's it, yeah? What's the name of it? Uh,
1: Revelation. Is that
2: yeah? <laughs> yeah, that movie was yeah. Okay,
1: it was all right. Actually, I mean, you know
2: what, dude? You know what? That movie is better than this one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
1: So that's that. Oh, my rating. Um, for for me personally, it's a six. In real life, it's like a two or a three. Okay. Wait, so. it's a.
2: What, you said a six, really?
1: Yeah, I mean. Wow, damn! Is that? Yeah, you're right. No, because I even I know it's kind of stupid. <laughs> All right, five point five. That's the lowest I'm going. All for. right, that's a, Hey, that's that's solid. It kept pull. It was a yo-yo effect. It pulled me in. I lost me. Pulled me in. You lost me. Pulled me. It just kept doing that. So,
2: and, and, I, and uh, let me elaborate on it too. It's not like completely hundred percent throwaway. Like you know, if you got nothing to do and uh you know you you've seen the films, it's good to see this one and compare it to the other ones. You know, they do a lot of different weird shit in this. So you know, if you're if you're up for it, go for it. But by no means is this a a good film. You know. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, yeah. there you go.
3: This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skin info from the latest movies, new in theaters, Emmy Rossum stars in Beautiful Creatures. But to see this beautiful creature go wild, check out Emmy's Frequent TNA and Shameless instead. Naked Miss Rossum will have you making sauce This is the Mr. Skin minute. Extremely nude on Blu-ray, Helen Hunt sizzles in the session. Helen's full frontal debut as a very hands-on sex surrogate is sure to book some solo sessions. You'll be mad about boobs and get a riser for Helen's Hunt. Also nude on Blu-ray is Weeds Season 8. Mary Louise Parker bears bush, butt, and milk bongs during a skinny dip, and Jessica Kuyper will get you even higher when she goes fully nude on roller skates. Weeds will give you a stoner boner. MisterSkin.com. Fast forwarding to the good parts.
1: Tell us about that. What what do you want to promote? Because you have this thing that you created.
4: Oh yeah, our artists in horror month. Well, you know everyone knows that it's that this month it's Women in Horror Month, right? I thought it
1: was Black History Month. Actually. Yeah, me too. It's
4: also Black History Month.
1: Do you think uh, Do you think Black people will feel slighted it's here? Like the big
4: month for for all you know all that type of stuff. So I came up <laughs> with this concept. I didn't want to do a grand gesture, but I feel that, uh, you know, the horror community, we need a boost. We need something positive to happen because things
1: suck right now. You think? What about uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D?
4: (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. That's fine. What I'm saying is that the attitude in the horror community has gone to shit.
1: Yes. You know... I heard this show that started up last year in April. They really drove it into the ground.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I mean, it's just it just it just amazes me because I mean we've got a fractured uh, horror community. Everyone, it's an us versus them. Right. It, horror horror elitists. Against everybody else, yeah, Dan. You know, they think that they mm. they think that they run the horror community and that mm. you know and that their little cliques, uh, you know, should get all the money and get all the projects and that, and the rest of us can go fuck ourselves. Okay,
1: so what do you want to say to Dan about that?
4: Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> anyways so what I'm right I here, decided Eric. Did to do is I decided that. Every artist in horror needs appreciation. Thank you. I mean, true. You know, think about it. Um, A single word can turn enemies into friends. They can, you know, stop wars. They can promote fellowship. So I felt that spreading appreciation around the horror community and to people who didn't who aren't getting appreciated, mm-hmm. uh, would make a difference.
1: I, I agree 100%. We are underappreciated.
4: Yeah, exactly. So the thing is that I came up with this idea of... Sending pe- us money? People paying it forward, and what they do is they email out to as many people as they can a simple note that says it's artists in horror month you know you put the name of the person mm-hmm. and you put i appreciate you please uh, spread the appreciation to another artist in horror they might
1: appreciate that okay that you send that to alex at the skeletonscrewshow.com <laughs>
4: exactly
1: <laughs> Taste
4: me-
0: Tonight Cause you love the way he gets you loud There's no
4: escaping Only scraping along for the ride And I can't bear to watch you cry Please don't
1: cry If you guys have any questions <laughs> Make sure you contact us at alex at theskeletoncrewshow.com. If you have any questions, you can submit them. We're going to have Mama herself on the show. And, you know, we're taking over. This is going to revolutionize podcasting forever. (laughs) We're going to be the biggest stars on the planet. The more we say it, the more you're going to believe it. And I'm going to keep talking in this really exciting voice because it makes everything I say sound more interesting and exciting. But I'm really saying nothing, and no one's really listening.
3: What's up, fuckers? Matt Wessel here. Really excited that you guys got Mama on for an interview and are allowing fans and listeners to ask questions and be a part of the interview. It's really cool. Nobody's doing that. Uh, And I mean nobody good anyways. Uh, So, yeah, my question's for Mama. um, How did you get your body to do that? I mean, holy shit. Are you some kind of outer space gymnast or something? And, And to follow up on that, I think you me my girlfriend could really burn it up together. You know what I'm talking about? I light some candles, put on some Christopher Cross, lay down a shower curtain, get some baby oil. You know, you know, just whatever whatever happens happens, but yeah, I'm into it, you're into it. My girlfriend may or may not be into it. I I don't care. So, yeah email me yeah let's get in touch so yeah skeleton crew thanks for letting me come on ask some questions your show is great it is the best fucking horror show ever thanks a lot and fuck off hey how you doing pal good uh what's the uh pizza supreme sausage pepperoni mushroom peppers onions and anchovy. Oh, that sounds delicious. I will take it. Your name? Oh, but hold the pepperoni. Yeah. And hold the onions. And no onion? Right. And uh, hold the anchovies. So you want sausage? Oh, no, no. No sausage, please. So you want mushroom and pepper? Oh, no, 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 no. No mushrooms and no peppers. You tell me you want a pizza with everything, and you tell me no pepperoni, no onion, no anchovy, no sausage. That's right. So you want a large regular pie? Yes, but hold the cheese, hold the sauce, and hold the crust on that pot. Do me a favor. Go fuck yourself. Hello? Hello? Hi, I'd like to make an order for pickup. Okay, what do you need? I'd like to get a chicken parm hero. Hold the chicken. And hold the sauce. Okay, your mother's holding my cock but sonny what kind of language is that to tell an old lady stop wasting my time you asshole hello hello yeah i'd like to make an order please what do you need hold on tony what do you want hey frankie give me a big ziti i need one big ziti yeah hold the ziti
1: Regan from *The Exorcist*, Linda Blair joining us on the Skeleton Crew. Thank you so much for coming on, Linda.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Glad to be here. This is a very exciting week. I, I, I know many people know that uh, Fearnet, which is this new n- wonderful network, and and they yep. have this great plethora of the horror genre and thriller films in there letting people know this weekend so they're they've been honoring me and the foundation my charity linda blair world heart and we are having the exorcist marathon on sunday and it's nice. really it's really great there's a lot of fans of the film and curious people over um you know how we made it and through the years and and that's you know that's terrific it's it's a great honor it's a brilliant movie
2: yeah you you just did a um and A Q&A for them earlier right for Fearnet.
0: I have <laughs> all day long.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. That's dedication. Yeah, it's been 40 years. And, you know, I got to tell you, the first time I watched Exorcist, it was when it was re-released in the movie theater in the year
0: 2000, was it? Or 2003, I guess. Well, they've done um, they've done the re-release several times as different versions you know, the version you've never seen before. They did the 25th anniversary. Then... We did the one where we were releasing um, uh, the Blu-ray with the documentary. And that was what I just begged people, please, please watch the documentary because it really does show you how we turned the head around, how we did this and that, the the levitation and everybody's point of view. And and I think that it answers so many questions that people have and you get to actually see the physical... Um uh, you know presentations of, of how of how we we, uh, we achieved some right. of, of uh, the things that are of most curiousness to people. Okay,
1: yeah, now yeah, like you know, you were thirteen or fourteen years old. now you know Reagan was such a high profile role right from the get go. I mean, that movie you know, made waves right away. Your face was really distinct, really recognizable. What was life like for you for the next, like, seven years? Like, were guys afraid to date you? Did girls think you were weird? Or did everyone think you were really cool because you were in this, like, crazy movie?
0: The movie was catapulted into this sensationalist aspect that I think in some cases people bought into the sensation. But the press certainly left it a mystery as to... Whether or not you might be possessed, whether they wanted the scare tactic, and a lot of people thought, "Oh my God, you know, is that Linda Blair or is that Reagan?" <laughs> or now, am I being possessed? Because it was so strange and odd to them, they they were not sure. And and uh, so yes, there were curious factors. You no, know, as far as fellas went, I I was. Uh, very well received by many <laughs> years and not for uh anything to do with the film we're all just performers so i was m- more involved with entertainment people
1: okay oh so yeah they were more cool yeah. with it yeah. yes yes well, and plus you're gorgeous, so that doesn't hurt. Oh,
0: yeah. listen to you!
1: <laughs> so I uh, saw some of those pictures.
0: I, Kiss, I couldn't resist. Kisses, kisses back. <laughs> Thank you.
2: Now, when when you were younger and did this movie, um, what did your parents think of all the language or or the whole religious aspect of it? Like, uh, how was that perceived by them?
0: Well, when the movie came out, of course, many didn't realize that Billy Freakin had changed a lot of the language in the film and so on. And uh, the first time that uh, we all saw the film, I think, you know, everybody was just caught up. It was a standing ovation. The press went nuts. People were all over. We never spoke about it. It wasn't like we went back. You couldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. And we were just launched into the world of Warner Brothers and the PR machine, so uh we didn't talk about anything negative, it was just trying to move forward, and any time the press might be mm, telling stories at a school and making up, you know, that I'm in a mental institute or that this was a problem or that was a problem, and... And or attacking. I mean, Warner Brothers was very much there to to try to help give us guidance. And mom, mm-hmm. I would ask mom, well, why are they lying about me? And she'd say, I don't know, but just always tell the truth, and so everybody knows I'm well known for being quite truthful, honest, and blunt and to the point.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So you only hung out with Hollywood people you said at the time so you didn't no, go to no no, no no
0: no that was you asked about the boyfriends so oh, I would oh, say that guys. They, yeah that they yeah. were more well it's well known my first boyfriend was rick springfield right and uh it goes from there and and i'll write about it in my book but uh you know i was a fan of music and i had a lot of you know the they you know the boys all all kind of looked out for me as the younger sister they 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 were good you know
1: Right. Okay. I, yep. I
0: don't have any bad complaints other than a lot of my friends passed away when I was young from a variety of, of things. I mean Leonard mm. Stillard was, you know, they were like family to me, so that was a plane crash uh-huh. and that was great loss for me and and um uh mm-hmm. you know, time goes on but my friends at school remained my friends and a lot of as I got into my late teens you know, I could go out in Connecticut. We're all from the East Coast. You know, back then, you go to bars and everybody would be dancing. I mean, nobody really bothered me. Oh, good. We were mm-hmm. all like friendly. It was just the, the same bar, the same. You know, the band. Um, we we just had a, you know, it was fun. I mean, I I was allowed to be me. If I wasn't, I did not go there.
1: Right. So you weren't banned from your local church or anything.
0: My church is very instrumental in making me who I am today. Right. I grew yep. up in uh, the uh uh the congregational church in in Westport Sagatuck Congregational and uh Ted Hoskins was my minister. He's no longer with us, but uh he's very very instrumental in in giving me wonderful uh um, um theological uh, education and I used to go on the retreats and, and I was always still given a, a life like others would have and not wherever my mother would place me was so that I could learn and be educated and live a life I was if it was in an arena that I would stand out uh and and not be able to Gain something back from it. She would not allow me to be in that situation. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, bless her heart, and I, I'm very appreciative to her for giving me what she did while she was here. Wow, that's great. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so now, so you, I guess, you're pretty
1: religious.
0: I'm spiritual. There's a difference.
1: Mm. Religion
0: is the entrapments of four walls, and I am not a spiritual. I studied theology and. Uh, a lot of different things, probably because of the exorcist. I've, I've, uh, <laughs> spent my <laughs> life trying to figure uh. it out, Alfie. And, uh, no, it's all within yourself and treating others as you wish to be treated. You can find all the answers within yourself, but you need to find calm. And you need to find you be, need to be around like-minded people of good and conscious behavior. And you need to communicate. what You need to do and, and 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 participate in your community, giving back, doing any type. You don't have to if you don't have monetary funds to donate, then give mm. your time to volunteer, whether it's children, seniors, or animals. What you give, you will receive back tenfold.
1: Wow, that that's great. You know, I'm really glad that you know people understood that this is a role because you know how it was you know back then in the 70s you know you know things are always you know blown up out of proportion like the the part about you you know getting back with the church and everything that's great because i i would imagine that that scene with you taking the cross you know and like stabbing yourself i figured that people would have like such a major problem with that that you would be like shunned you know in, in the church or in the, you know that kind of community and and the fact that it's the complete opposite.
0: My church knew that that was real. Where I'm not Catholic, so mm-hmm. my church didn't judge me on that. They knew that to, to give me the same guidelines that they were giving everyone else. Yep. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: You know, you, so you got past the initial
1: movie. Now, what what made you want to get into? Uh taking the role of Exorcist Two you know with the controversy and and what the newspapers are writing about you like what what got you to say? you know what you know we we move forward, but i'm I'm actually gonna go ahead and make a part two? like how did that how did you decide to do that?
0: Well, Warner brothers kept uh asking my father for some reason uh Exorcist two Jim, Exorcist two I wanted to and they're like no. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, all of a sudden, what I recall is that a script came through the agency, and we all actually were, like, blown away. It was it, it was an extraordinary screenplay. However, it isn't the movie they shot. Um, they brought John Borman on, who just won the Academy Award. They brought Louise Fletcher on, who just won the Academy Award. They brought uh, Richard Burton on. Hello, the great Richard Burton. Uh, Louise Fletcher, uh, uh, James Earl Jones, and so on. Mm -hmm. But they rewrote it maybe five times just in the rehearsal period. Not one of us had anything in our contract that said uh, that we had any kind of creative control. And and once it hit a certain point, Richard and I both went, "Uh uh-oh, we're we're possibly in trouble. And uh, there was nothing we could do. You have to show up and still work. So... Some people really like the film and if they watch it on Sunday they'll say, you know listen everybody has the right to like different things and right. that's what entertainment is all about and uh it's meant to just to take you away for a while think about different things wh- whatever the case may be some people want to laugh some people want to cry uh and and uh you may laugh and cry
1: <laughs> I, no. I, on
0: that I don't know but some people really like the film
1: yeah, do, do you like it? Do you like how it turned out? Like, how would you rate that movie?
0: Well, I was not pleased that they changed the script five times. The original was fine with me. So I feel that Too Many Cooks spoil the brew, and John mm. uh, Borman brought in Rospo Pallenberg, who I don't understand that at all. Uh, mm. and, and I just think he destroyed the film.
1: Oh, good, good. Yeah, because that's when we chose to actually jump the shark for the Exorcist franchise. So... um, how did you feel about donning that makeup again for that one scene?
0: I didn't. I didn't wear the makeup again.
1: Oh, that was somebody else? Yeah.
0: It just it sort of some flashback stuff, but, but uh, right. no, no, no. I, I've never stepped back in it again. Repossessed is the closest with Leslie Nielsen.
2: Yes. And
0: yeah. even that, I wouldn't wear the makeup. We made them find a different way, so they made my face <laughs> all scabby and stuff. But, uh, no, I I, I probably... The only reason I would don makeup again would be to do something like extraordinary an aging process, you know, some great uh, character-driven type thing, or yeah. fantasy, you know, like I could play a unicorn or something.
1: Oh, <laughs> there so, you go. <laughs> so, so you you didn't go out as on Halloween one year as Megan then?
0: <laughs> no, that will never happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now I want to flash forward a few years to. uh, to 1996 actually and uh, one of my favorite movies, what would you say, pretty much my favorite movie period, huh Alex? Uh,
1: sca- uh, Scream.
2: Yeah, Scream is my favorite movie and uh, I, th- I feel like um, all the stars aligned for that movie, there was just so many layers to it and uh, I feel like you were definitely a part of that too with your cameo, it's like, you know, getting you to do that cameo, it just put everything into perspective. When Scream came out, you know, it, it's relevance on the genre and just having you you in there, I felt like you were just another star that aligned with with that perfect movie. You're very,
0: very funny. It was all my friends were up on the set and they asked Wes Craven, they're like, and why isn't Linda Blair in it? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And he goes, "Uh, because I forgot. So he called me and said, could you, I don't have anything left. Would you come up and play with us for a day? And I'm like, yeah, that was it. I didn't take a screen credit on purpose. I did it just to mess with people.
2: I, yeah. I noticed that too, oh, and I went crazy when but i then saw if it. you
0: get to know me, you'll know that's my nature. <laughs> <laughs> you can thank my grandfather and my mother and father for that one yeah
1: yeah uh what what do you do what do you think about like, because you were in that spoof the uh repossessed like you just mentioned mm-hmm. uh what was your take on um the scary movie two uh part of the exorcist what oh you never saw that
0: what are you talking about
1: (laughs) in a movie called scary movie 2 they 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 did your character but it was like a a goof
0: i can we talk about something i know about
1: (laughs) (laughs) did you watch all the other exorcists that follow yours
0: no don't know the anything about those
1: okay i mean i didn't watch them no yeah,
0: and you're you're still into
1: it, you know. You're celebrating the 40th anniversary. So, would you do one more if you were asked to?
0: No, I'm done. I I'm really just Linda Blair World Heart Foundation is the most important thing to me. Born Innocent dot net, Tyson, all my movies, and so on. And um, I may go back to you know producing and or di- directing, but the uh, right now the animals and saving, uh, trying to stop the crisis in America. Mm-hmm. We are on, and Fearnet has been so kind to honor my life and my my film work and and my foundation, and and asking for people to spread the word that we can change America, make it better for the animals, and and that it has to be. People need to get involved. We are at full blown crisis, and yes. I need to be able to call on the troops and say, "This is what's happening." And right. if people don't join up within the next few years, more and more people will lose their pets and have no say on it. And I don't think that's American. And people need to sign up on my website, Linda Blair world org, yep. and Facebook, Linda Blair world heart. Now, how did you get into that? Like, was it a, something personal happened with
1: you and maybe an animal? Yeah, I something? was
0: born this way. I, I have always had a great love mm. for animals and, and then, uh, yeah. one of, there's, there's many, many stories. I, my, one of my, my dogs was stolen from me in my twenties and then I uh, met oh, a wow. police <sighs> officer that ran a very huge foundation that was very instrumental and we used to go on, um, stakeouts and, and, uh, um, film them taking animals from shelters and selling them into research <sighs> labs. Very Good painful. Word. So yeah. uh, the animal rights and animal welfare work that I have been part of, it, it, it it's, there's nothing fun about it. But I'm willing to take and to drive the ship and do what I can, but I need those that have the same compassion. Whether you are just spreading the word through the technology and your community, doing something, trying to go down, uh, volunteer time, save an animal that's going to die in a shelter. There are many different ways that you can that you can make a difference.
1: Yep. And
0: that is my life right now.
1: Mm. So that's what, that's what people have to do. Go to your website and just sign up.
0: Facebook. Uh, you have to like us on Facebook. Right.
1: Okay. We're going to provide everybody with all the links that they need.
2: Yeah, we're posting everything on the on the site. So.
1: Yep. Wow. Well, you know, thank you so much for coming on. Your your career is amazing. You're you're a horror icon, and and. It's really an honor. I really can't believe we're talking to that little girl who spits a throw up halfway across Well, the <laughs> you're
0: not talking to a little girl. You're talking to a really big tall lady. I'm five foot three. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean what I say and I say what I mean. Join me in my in my in my world to make it a better place and you know what? Be good to your friends see when another person needs a helping hand and, and as a community I was there for Hurricane Sandy mm-hmm. and I was there rescuing in Katrina and you know it's it's gonna still be difficult whether it's snow or the tornadoes and hurricanes and things. We we really need to all join up and, and help uh, our fellow uh person because it's the world is changing as we know it. Yep. Heads up if you didn't figure it out. Yeah right <laughs>
3: Skeleton Crew, what's up, assholes? This is Matt Wessel, dropping a line to talk about something. Uh, Jamie Jenkins, uh, she... Jeez, guys, I don't know. She's just too smart, too funny to be on this show. And in my opinion, she really elevates it to a level that I, I just can't listen anymore. You know, I was really on board when it was just... Dan and Alex and you guys are being total idiots and I really connect with that. And then you bring her on and I'm just... she's brings so much to the table and I just can't even focus anymore because she's just doing laps around my brain. I just... It's way over my head and I just don't get it. So... My vote... And I, I think we're voting, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're voting. Okay. Yeah, my vote is... um is for her to be gone because she's just too too good essentially to be on this show and yeah i want my old show back sorry jamie but i need more sword fighting and less catcher's mitts that's what it comes down to a genitalia joke yes no i'm just playing you know i love you guys fuck off
1: All right, dude, well, that was the Linda Blair interview, man. What'd you think?
2: I fucking loved it, man. Hey, it's not every day you get the chance, so, uh, yeah, man, that was great. Did you have fun? I had a blast.
1: Yeah, dude, while I was talking to her, I, I was, uh, looking on my computer screen. I had a little picture of her as the, as the, uh, possessed Reagan.
2: I stole that idea from you. I do that now, too.
1: Yeah. It helps. It does. I started it with Tom Atkins. I think I did it with, um adrian king
2: I, I did it with uh phyllis rose
1: you did <laughs> wait you weren't even on that interview. i know
2: i'm just kidding i was such a jerk <laughs> um i don't know how much i could uh concentrate on the show though
1: oh yeah now our new pictures you better not be f- oh, god, distracted oh, Jesus by the Christ! oh my god no yeah definitely uh yeah, yeah. Per- perfect house pictures okay That was cool. I cannot believe it, Dan. The people on this show, we had. Like, when you started this show, did you ever think the chick in bed spitting vomit halfway across the room, turning her head, telling people to suck dick (laughs) in hell, telling people, uh, they're inside, do you want to leave a message, and uh, levitating on a bed and all that shit did you ever think they would be joining us to talk like if they only knew how stupid this show is
2: right <laughs> yeah i feel like we're always going to get caught it's like uh you know just listen to our fucking jump the shark show or our sleepaway camp show no yeah uh, <laughs> no but yeah man oh, unbelievable dude she was um she was definitely cool and like you said too it's not every it's not every day man that you get to talk to like an icon, man. Like she is, like yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. When I when I told a couple people about this interview, you know, members of my family and stuff like that. Yeah. Usually it's no reaction except for, oh, that's really cool. Oh, who's in it? Okay, I'll have to check out something everybody dude no way you know i say linda blair dude and these are non-horror fans because don't forget too you know in our worlds too we don't have a lot of fucking horror fan friends we talk about this a lot which you know but we don't have a lot of people around you that are fucking you know
1: know what you well, that's why we do the show no,
2: exactly and and they don't know what the fuck you're talking about half the time so <laughs> you know so when it when it comes to this though everybody Oh, yeah, so...
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a horror fan, dude. It's like saying Hulk Hogan. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to know who that is. Right. You know?
2: Come on, man. You you name, you name, you know, one out of every fucking three movies, and one of them's going to be somewhat, in some way, form, inspired by The Exorcist, so...
1: Yeah, I, did, I got the vibe, though. She's not crazy about well, it no more. Yeah. Even though she promotes it and she's, you know, doing this whole thing to celebrate the 40th anniversary, you could tell she's not that into it on a couple levels and i don't
2: blame her though
1: yeah it's 40 years ago how long it's you know what are you gonna keep talking about being uh freaking eddie munster if (laughs) you're butch patrick at this point (laughs) you know it's like a loser (laughs) thing to do so i guess that's why she's not doing it but at the same time i thought it was wild that she didn't give a shit about any of the sequels she don't care she doesn't care about Mm. any of the spoof movies she doesn't care about she would never do another one, and she wouldn't even put that makeup on again. I think it's again.
2: great. I think that's fucking great, dude. She's awesome, dude. Her whole vibe is just like, you know, like what what, is, what was that fucking one one little line she had there? She's like, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. And that was kind of the whole vibe. It's just like, listen, uh, I'm going to do me. And, you know, like when we asked her about that, dude, I was surprised. Weren't you about the sequels and shit? I was surprised, dude.
1: Dude, you know, I've asked that question a lot of times to a lot of people in a lot of major franchises. None of them watch the rest. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, dude. I remember Adrienne King said <laughs> she she sort of did, but she fast-forwarded through a lot of it. I remember she said she like had fast-forwarded through part three because she thought it was like boring right. or something. Atkins, too, man, remember? We, we yeah, Atkins <laughs> didn't give it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nope. Nobody wants to see it. You're right. Yep. So, I don't know. Yep. All right, well. We'll be back, uh, you know, next uh, next show is the big Psycho Retrospective. We're going to cover wah, Psycho, wah, 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 Psycho wah. 2, Psycho 3, and Psycho 4. Uh, so I put a link up on our Facebook group page. Make sure you... Uh, click that and order your copy today. It's only 8 bucks, guys, for all three movies, and you've had to have seen the first one, so you don't need to buy that.
2: Yep, and we hope this shows a nice little surprise for everybody, because uh, we purposefully didn't promote it, and we're trying to sneak it in there before we uh, before we do all the psycho stuff, so hope we, yeah. hope everybody enjoys this little one. Uh, we, we, we definitely were excited about this. So,
1: Yep, definitely, man. So, until March, you could... Get ready to check in to the Bates Motel and make sure you tell them Cabin 1. Yes, sir.